Section 11 of Lost Diaries. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eva Davis. Lost Diaries by Maurice Baring. From the Journal Intime of the Emperor Tiberius. February 1st. Disquieting news from Parthia. Artabanus is giving trouble again. Shall probably have to send an expedition. The military party in Rome say that there will probably be unrest in Thrace in the spring. I remember they said the same thing last year. Slept wretchedly last night. Clericles' medicine is worse than useless. Wrote three dispatches and one private letter. Fed Hannibal, the tortoise. Went for a stroll in the afternoon. Picked the first windflower and put it in water. The gardener says we shall have some rain shortly. Please the gods this may be true, as the country needs it badly. Dined alone. Played spillikins after dinner with Fufius, but found it a strain. February 2nd. Woke at four and remained awake until seven, then went to sleep again and overslept myself. Scolded Balbus for not calling me. He said he did not dare call me more emphatically. Told him it must not occur again. February 3rd. Nothing particular. February 4th. Letter from my mother, begging me to come and see her. Says she is suffering from lung trouble. Women are so unreasonable. She must realize that it is impossible for me to get away just at present. Hannibal would not touch his lettuce today. This is the third day running it has happened. Clericles has given him some medicine. Strolled along to cliffs in the morning, much vexed by a fisherman who pushed a lobster under my very nose. I have a horror of shellfish. Varus and Ophidius dined, found their conversation a strain, so retired early, read the seventh book of the Aeneid, but found it insipid. Virgil will certainly not live. He was a sycophant. February 10th. Anniversary of poor Julia's death. Began to write short poem on the subject, but was interrupted by the arrival of the courier from Rome. Much vexed, as it altogether interrupted my train of thought and spoilt what would have been a fine elegy. News from Rome, unsatisfactory. It rained in the afternoon, so I did not go out. Sorted my specimens of dried herbs, which are in a sad state of confusion. Dined alone. Dictated a dispatch to Sejanus. Read some of the Alcestis, Euripides, before going to bed. Alcestis reminds me of Julia in many ways. She had the same fervid altruism and the same knack of saying really disagreeable things. But they both meant well. March 1st. A lovely spring day. Went for a stroll and jotted down a few ideas for a poem on spring. The birds were singing. Listened for some time to the babbling of the brook. Think of alluding to this in the poem. Desilientis aquae would make a good ending to a pentameter. Mentioned it to Fufius when I came in casually. He said he did not think it was very original. Fufius is hypercritical. 
he does not feel poetry. Finish the memorial lines on Julia, ending Ave Aquivale. She'll not show them to Fufius. He would be certain to say something disparaging. Positively haunted by the sight of the wild tulips in the hills, fluttering in the breeze. Sights like this live in the memory. Disturbed early in the morning by a noise of hammering. It is strange that wherever I go, this happens. Made inquiries and ascertained that the stable roof is being repaired. If it is not the stable roof, it is sure to be something else. Last week it was a strayed cow which woke me at five. Find it very difficult to get to sleep in the early morning, whatever precautions I take. In a month's time, the nightingales will begin, and then sleep will be out of the question. Thinking of writing a poem called To Sleep. March 10th. Claricles says I am overworked and need a change. Have decided to go for a short walking tour, quite by myself. Thought of taking Fufius, but knowing how self-willed he is, decided not to. Packed my knapsack, took an extra pair of sandals, a worsted scarf, an ivory comb, two gold toothpicks, and a volume of Sappho's songs. Find this light feminine verse suitable for outdoor life. Shall start early tomorrow. Had my hair cut. The slave was clumsy when cutting round the ears. They still smart. Find this fault to be universal among hair cutters. Shall take tablets with me in order to jot down any ideas for future poems, although Claricles advises me to give up writing for two or three weeks. March 13th. Returned earlier than I expected. Walking tours successful on the whole. Visited Sorrentum, an idyllic spot. Not sure I don't prefer it to Capri. It is a curious thing that man is always discontented with what he has, and hankers after what he has not got. Walked leisurely the first day, stopping every now and then for light refreshment. Found the country people very civil and anxious to please. Nobody knew who I was, and I was intensely gratified by many spontaneous and frank experiences of loyalty and devotion to the emperor. This is refreshing in this skeptical age. It is a comfort to think that, although I may not go down to posterity as a great military genius, like Julius Caesar, I shall at least leave a blameless name, as far as my domestic life is concerned and an untarnished reputation for benevolence, kindness, and unswerving devotion to duty. Without being conceited, I think that some of my verse will live. I think I shall be among the Roman poets when I die. But this is not saying much, when one considers the absurd praise given to poetasters such as Virgil and Ponticus. Strolling along the seashore near Sorrentum, a very pretty little episode occurred. A woman, one of the fishermen's wives, was sitting by her cottage door, spinning. Her child, a little girl about six years old, was playing with a doll hard by. I said, good day, to the fisherman's wife, and she offered me a glass of wine. I declined, as Claricles has forbidden me red wine, but I said I would gladly accept a bowl of milk. She immediately went to fetch it, and the child went with her. When they returned, the child offered me the bowl, lisping in a charming manner. I drank the milk, and the mother then said to the child, Tell the kind gentleman whom you love best in the world. 
Papa and Mama, lisped the child. And after that, asked the mother, After that, the divine emperor Tiberius, who is the father and the mother of us all, she said. I gave the mother a gold piece. Fufius says it is a mistake to give money to the poor, and that it pauperizes them. He says one does more harm than good by indiscriminate charity. But I think it cannot be a bad thing to follow the impulses of the heart. I should like this to be said of me, although he had many faults, such as discontent and want of boldness, his heart was in the right place. It is little incidents like the one I noted above which make up for the many disappointments and trials of a monarch's life. The second day of my tour was marred by a thunder shower, but I found a thrush's nest and three eggs in it. There are few things which move me so inexpressibly as the sight of a thrush's nest with the eggs lying in it. It is curious that the nightingale's egg should be so ugly. Owing to the bad weather and the rheumatism in my joints which it brought on, I was obliged to cut short my tour. This extract probably belongs to a later period. June. Asinius Gallus has again sent in a petition about the prison fare. It appears he has a conscientious objection to eating veal. The officials say they can do nothing. If they make an exception in his favor, they will be obliged to do so in many less deserving cases. I confess these little things worry me. Our prison system seems to me lacking in elasticity, but it is dreadfully difficult to bring into effect any sweeping reform, because, if the prison disciplinary system is modified to meet the requirements of the more cultivated prisoners, the prisons would be crowded with ruffians who would get themselves arrested on purpose. At least, this is the official view, and it is shared by Sejanus, who has gone into the matter thoroughly. I confess, it leaves me unconvinced. I'm glad to say we are ahead of the Persians in the matter. In Persia, they think nothing of shutting up a prisoner, of whatever rank, in a cell, and keeping him isolated from the world sometimes for as long as three months at a time. This seems to me barbarous. July 6th. The heat is overpowering. Agrippina threatens to come home and to bring her daughter. I wrote saying I thought it is very unwise to bring children here at this time of year, owing to the prevalence of fever. She answered that her daughter was looking forward to the sea bathing. If they come, it will mean that my summer will be ruined. July 7th. I went to the home farm this afternoon. The farmer's wife is very ill. There is little or no hope of her recovery. Spent two hours there reading out passages of the Odyssey. She does not understand Greek, but it seemed to soothe her. Her husband told her that he felt confident that she could not get worse after this. The faith of these simple folk is most touching. How unlike Fufius and all his friends. August 1st. There is no news except that, as always occurs at this time of year, the phoenix is reported to have been seen in Egypt. August 3rd. One of those distressing little incidents happened today, which entirely spoil one's comfort and peace of mind for the moment, just like a piece of dust getting into one's eye. My old friend Lucius Anusius came all the way from Rhodes to see me. By some mistake he was shown into the chamber, 
where prisoners are examined, and before the error was rectified, he was rather rudely interrogated. It turned out afterward that Balbus mistook him for Titus Anusius, the informer. Balbus is growing more and more stupid. He forgets everything. I ought to send him away. On the other hand, he knows my habits, and I should feel lost without him. As it is, Clericles says that Lucius is like to feel it for several days. He is so sensitive, and the slightest thing upsets his nerves. All his family are touchy, and I am afraid he will look upon the matter as a deliberate slight. If it had happened to anyone else, it would not have mattered. They would have understood at once. This has quite put me out, but, as Fufius says, how little I shall think of this in a year's time. August 7th. Lucius Anusius has left the island in a huff. <sighs> it is most regrettable. August 12th. Agrippina arrives tomorrow. There is nothing to be done. How pleasant life would be were it not for one's relations. End of section 11